you know, the multiple things that had gone on. And uh, Dan was this super crazy, like he was one of those prodigy kids that when you saw him, you were just like, wow, like th this guy's, you, you know, he was going somewhere. Um, so I knew him when he was a little kid. And then fast forward, take a break for a little bit. Uh, you know, I'd said lost company, lost my park, uh, surgeries, basically uh, no money, things are rough. <laughs> and on a whim, I went to this skate park with another buddy after, well, uh, I had lost one of my best friends to a motorcycle accident too. So um, a bunch of stuff had transpired to get me to this place. And uh, a friend of mine, Chris Crittenden, and I went to a, a skate park that had just opened and we're like, let's go check this place out. It's been a while since we've rode or kind of like done the public thing. And we went out and I saw Dan, he was grown up 18, 19 years old then at that time. And I watched him uh, do what attracted me to the sport when I was younger to the freestyle side of it is uh, just the older guy welcoming the kids and being super cool to them. And I watched Dan do like a toothpick on a giant rail and just destroying the whole park and everybody look up to him. And then off to the side, I watched him go and help a kid learn how to double peg. And that day just did it for me. Like I, I told my wife, I go, I want to, I want to start another company and I want it completely based around Dan and what BMX means to me. And that is pushing everything in a positive way, growing the sport and helping kids. And, uh, I was, had some kids in a small town I was living in at the time that, uh, uh, let's just say uh, a couple of them dads weren't in the picture and they would bug me to mow my lawn and do stuff like that just because of my BMX career when I was younger. And, uh, I told them, Hey, I'm going to start a bike company and treat you guys like my own kids. And, uh, I'll start a stunt team and I'll help you guys out with your lives. Uh, if you want. And that's those kids still riding for me today they're their family to me and that was almost 13 years ago so <laughs> uh we've we've come a long way since then but that's the that's the cliff note version of where we got started all right now it's uh your mom you got six acres of bmx paradise full of ramps dirt jumps more um tell us how it evolved from your company which we're going to circle back to and we're going to get the products up okay. and let everyone know but circle back to where it turned into from like you've got this company to you want to tackle having a nonprofit and then providing <laughs> like one of the just gangster moves ever you want to provide a free <laughs> indoor skate park pump track for kids to come and ride to like how did that how did how did that you even hatch that and come about well, during during our uh, interview tonight, Justin, I'm going to be I'm going to be I've learned now to, to wear my heart on my sleeve and be as honest as possible, because I truly believe that it, that if I do that and I'm as transparent as I can be, that it can maybe help inspire and, and help others. A big thing that I that I talk about is mental illness all the time. Um, I struggled with mental illness when I was younger um, during high school, uh, bullied to the point where I uh, a few times questioned it if I wanted to be here and uh relationships in the sport of bmx i attribute to saving my life um literally and i want to give that uh to kids nowadays so basically my company started off wanting to do things that i thought 
were, were positive to help grow the sport, but it morphed into so much more within my community in Nebraska. So having born and been born and raised in Nebraska, uh, struggling with some mental illness, I, I've just realized then as I had more relationships with more kids and more people came to us that I, that I had a knack for, for helping out. And, uh, so early stages into nowhere, we, we started a stunt team and I started with those few kids like I'd talked about. Also asked a few guys that I'd sponsored before in a previous company to rejoin me like Tim Oliver, Tom Hogan, uh, some real good friends. Uh, but uh, so then we started this and then a couple years into it, I told my wife, I, I go, let's, we should, I've got a knack for working with kids. Maybe we should like find a foreclosed farm or something just start building ramps everywhere and like just welcoming bike riders to our place. So, <laughs> you know, keep in mind, we didn't know it was going to get to where it is now, but so, so my wife and I didn't have a pot to piss in. Like <laughs> we, we started nowhere with $500 in clothes. My wife bought me a banner for 80 bucks from like a signs print place. And mm -hmm. we went to a, a national at star city BMX track with a with a duct tape together broken like hundred dollar walmart easy up <laughs> this banner hanging there and like two shirt designs in this uh my mom brought like a plastic three tub bin thing and we put several shirts in there all right and we had a, a little crappy card table and we set up and we had a duct tape holding a piece of paper that said you know american made t-shirts 20 bucks <laughs> so so that's uh, that's where we started, and we uh, it was I tell you like step by step. I think this was almost a meant to be thing because we'd almost given up on trying to find a place. We bought our first house during the housing bubble, uh, or when the you know the housing collapsed during the bubble. So we didn't. Uh, our house was worth less than what we paid for it after putting money into it. But after almost giving up, we found this foreclosed home, and uh, on our uh, assessors deal in Nebraska. And, uh, I mean, we just picked it up for such, such a great deal. It needed work, but we picked it up for an amazing deal. And, uh, we just started running with it. Uh, I had a skate park in O2 that my wife and I lost our life savings, right? when we got married trying to run a skate park and, uh, but we wanted to have something from this business. So we took the half pipe from the skate park we had and we stored it at my folks place on their farm and so when we bought this farm we brought that half pipe home and we had a box jump for for doing stunt shows so we had a half pipe and a box jump and with that uh along with a couple dirt jumps we dug up real quick we did the first corn hucket jam 2013 corn hucket jam uh and uh started growing from there the jam was awesome we were having several kids out i went on a local news station said uh you guys come out for free ride whenever you want you know uh, and uh so we had a few more kids a few more kids you know and then fast forward uh oh boy to whatever five years ago was <laughs> fair enough um I had, been, I had been working with uh, uh, a couple kids, uh, one in particular I was really close with that suffered from meth addiction. And he grew up in a, in a pretty rough neighborhood where, where I grew up as well. Um, and, and, it, and it just killed me because we would, 
such a talented kid. And uh, we'd get him on the straight and narrow, and he'd do stunt shows with us and everything. And winter would come, and he'd start hanging out with the wrong people again, and and back to back to drugs. So I told my wife, I said, if these kids are going to have a fighting chance, they need to be able to be a part of their lives, or at least BMX needs to be able to be a part of their lives year round. Um, if if I didn't have the awesome dad I did, uh, you know, that that traveled with me when I was a teenager and take, took me to contests and stuff like that, I wouldn't have been able to to stay in this sport year round. Um, and most of these kids don't have that. They don't have that support system. So we, that's when we started on this absolute crazy move. I'm like, let's build an indoor. We didn't have a building for it or anything. And, uh, I started, uh, in 2015, we won a FedEx grant, uh, and we, and they flew us down to Tennessee and we got to meet some marketing people at FedEx. And I pitched them my idea of I want to build a free indoor. And they talked about crowdfunding and so we started crowdfunding uh, to do a free indoor, and, <laughs> and everybody thought I was crazy. They're like, you can't make a, a free indoor. Like, that's not sustainable. It doesn't work, or it wouldn't work. And I just kept hearing can't. And uh, all my rebuttal to that all the time was uh, we can't not do this. When there's kids that, you know, we're talking, it could mean life or death. And we can't, we can't take a no for this. We have to do this. And I just kept pushing um and uh with the support of some amazing good family and friends here not only in nebraska but just you know bmx the relationships you can make throughout the mm -hmm. country and throughout the world uh i had enough people that that believed in our cause and helped me continue to push uh none of us were going to take no for an answer and uh I'm stoked to say <laughs> five years later we've got an indoor pump track and an indoor skate park and guess what, Justin? It's 100% free. It blows my mind. <laughs> There's guys riding in the park right now while we're talking. So <laughs> that, that, That's awesome. And you had mentioned, you know, Tom Hogan. Um, did you have any other pros in your area that helped you along the way with this, this mission? Um, Tony Hillhouse, um, he was a provert rider. His name was Dr. Smooth. Uh, he was a, a heavy influence on us when we were kids. He was, he had a 10 foot vert ramp in the back of his, you know, house. We're 15 year old kids. And we got, you know, a two page spread in go magazine of Tony Hillhouse, like, and he's like the local pro that would, that would welcome anyone with open arms, uh, to come ride his place and help him. Um, and then there were two other pros besides that, um, Frank Stewart, they call him Stubot. He's uh, questionably one of the best tech writers I have ever seen in my life. And Frank is same way. He was in a small town out in Nebraska, ramps everywhere. Uh, the only thing bigger than his outdoor ramps was the guy's heart, man. He would let anybody come, greatest guy in the world. And uh, then there was a Nebraska writer that inspired me huge. His name was Chris Reich. Uh, he rode in the first King of Dirt. Um, uh, I believe it was 91. Okay. Um, Hoffman was there, DMC, everything. It was, it was awesome. I was a 14 year old kid who raced at the time and I didn't do a lot of freestyle. And here's our local guy, you know, Chris Reich out of Lincoln, Nebraska. Nobody knows who he is. And, uh, and here he is at the King of Dirt tangling it up with the big boys. And, and that was, man, Chris became one of my heroes right there. I was like, holy crap. Like, and I think at that same race, I saw Dave Clymer with an American flag helmet 360, a, 
a giant double and get disqualified. <laughs> and I was like, that's punk rock. That's cool. I want to do that someday. So, uh, so I got myself in, in some good trouble uh, at the local tracks a few times from dabbling into freestyle and 360 and big doubles like in the middle of a race. So. <laughs> That's awesome. So yourself, like what do you like riding? Do you like the flatland, the ramps, dirt, street? Like what do you like riding the most? Uh, all of it. I, I'll be honest, like there's uh, there's things that I'm probably better at than, than others. Um, I, I would say I kind of grew up I wouldn't even know, I wouldn't know how to ca categorize it. Uh, Brant Moore and I talk about it all the time that we're not, you know, you, 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 a lot of guys will consider themselves, you know, street, dirt, park, mm -hmm. and we look at it like, uh, you know, we're, we're bike riders. Uh, and that's kind of how I grew up because sure. I remember going to the first Hoffman contest. I remember you'd have, you'd have guys like Dennis and he'd be riding vert, uh, park, flatland. Like these guys just, they rode everything. And yeah. I'm, I'd say one, the, one of the ones I, in, I enjoy more than any is Flatland, and that's the one I'm the worst at. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I can't, I'm just terrible at Flatland, but I just have such an appreciation for it. It is so amazing. Um, but I've, I've gone through several different stages. You know, I, I grew up riding mostly street in my teen years. Um, uh, I, Got the nickname Crazy Carl and or Suicide because uh, I think I was one of the first guys like competing on a on a decent level with no breaks. Um, so I remember showing up to a lot of contests and some of the other. I remember meeting Kurt Schmidt one time and Kurt's one of my favorite old uh, riders ever. And Kurt's like, "Where's your breaks?" And he was just kind of laughing when I met him. <laughs> I think I met him first at the pit skate park in Rockford, Illinois. Oh and, man, uh, what a great place. Yeah. Oh dude. I love that place. Uh, was amazing and not to sidestep, but Mike Kaiser, you know, running one of my favorite parks ever now just came to my place here at, at our jam last year and helped me run a jam. And that was one of the most honoring uh, things ever to have Mike come here uh, and help me out after <laughs> after looking up to him for so many years. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't even remember where I was at at that point. So uh, and what we were talking about. <laughs> uh, well, you you were mentioning some of the parks you'd been to and everything like that. Uh, so and and we had, we had started that with you know what is it you like riding? You were mentioning that like Flatland is the one thing you're yeah. not good at, yes. but like you really respect it the most. And I'll tell you. <laughs> I, I, uh, myself, I'm like right with you. Uh, I think we're, you know, we, we spoke, we're right about, we are about the same age. So like you just were a bike rider, you know, you rode BMX and yeah, you hung out with your buddies. You, you, you might go that, uptown and ride. You might go out to a pile of dirt and make some jumps on it. And, yep. uh, you know, like flatland, man, did you see that stuff in the X games this year? It's, I don't, I don't, I don't know what they're it doing. Just hurts my brain the whole time is all it does. Thank you. That's exactly what I said. I'm like, is there a slow mo like live slow mo I, I can watch? It's amazing. Like, yeah, the the amount of skill and time and dedication. I mean, it's the most underrated thing that yes, happens. Yes. Yeah, I, I I truly believe. Uh, I just have the utmost respect for those guys. Yeah, it, it it absolutely is, and and one of the more Man, like you think, you know, you see the guys do the dirt jumping. That's, that's, that's massive. Vert riding's huge. And you think like how many hours, you know, if you 
just tried just 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 a, a rolling tail whip trying to flat land like that's hours yeah. and hours and hours and hours. You might not get hurt as bad as trying like a double double flare <laughs> attempt on a vert, but I'm telling you, it is hours and hours to perfect just the some of the simplest simplest tricks. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll never forget. I was uh, I was 16 years old and uh, I was riding with a couple of my best friends at the time, and uh, uh, one of my best still now friends to today, his name's Greg Joyce, and I grew up riding with him and. Uh, he was a phenomenal bike rider and, and, uh, he was really good at flatland and him and his buddy, uh, and my buddy too, Ty Kurth, they're, they're killing it on the flatland. And I just, I wasn't grasping it. And I grew up riding a lot of, you know, just jumps and stuff from trying to be like my dad. So, uh, I couldn't do a lot of the technical stuff they were doing. I could jump. And I remember one day I just got frustrated when we're, we're riding at my buddy Greg's house. And because they're just killing it, they're doing all this stuff, and I'm like, oh man, I suck. And I so I pulled my car next to my buddy Greg's four foot quarter pipe, and he's like, what are you doing? I go jumping over my car, and it was, and he had this, you know, a more abrupt lip on this four foot quarter, and he's like, no, you're not. And like, so I take my, uh, it was an early stage. Uh, this was before Standard had come out with a real good freestyle bike. It was before I knew about Standard. I think this would have been around. Oh, uh, 90, it'll been around 93. Uh, and I had a supercross, a, a chromoly supercross Badass. and, and I'd rewelded it like three times cause it was not made to ride freestyle. And I was just beating the shit out of it. And I loved <laughs> the geo loved the bike. So I just launch it over my 1981 Plymouth champ and I just land on the ground. It's just terrible. I mean, nowadays it would probably break my wrist cause the impact was horrible. And I'm like, and I'm stoked, you know, because I jumped over my car and my two buddies looked over and go, you're an idiot. And <laughs> Love it. But that's all I had. Like, yeah. I didn't have the, the flatland skills. So then I became a, a street rider. And I my big thing was I liked to jump off buildings. And I like uh, I really liked street. I liked the, the thrill and the adrenaline of going as fast as I could and jumping off as big a stuff as I could. So, uh that became a big part of my life then was uh was the you know the street era you mentioned street era you'd mentioned standard um like are you are you guys are you are you guys tight with rick you guys you you seem pretty similar you're both really laid back and you're in it for having fun and (laughs) like it's not a big stress for you like that's it's awesome rick's been a really big part of my life uh especially with and i i wish him and i had a chance like since nowhere is getting so busy and everything we've done here, uh, I'm sad to say Rick and I haven't had much of a chance to hang out lately. But in the beginning stages of nowhere, we I ran a, a contest series called the BYOB series, um, and uh, and Rick was a, a big sponsor, and he traveled to the events with us and stuff. Uh, I think the first year he made it to every stop, which was really cool. And uh, my the first set the first two sets of frames uh that we came out with i think that was about seven years ago or something um we hired rick uh to make our frames um because like i said i always wanted everything to be american made um and i really appreciate the the relationship uh rick and i've had over the years because he's he's helped me um get started and i've been able to dig into his knowledge and because he's He's done so much for BMX um, that that I really appreciate the things we've done together. And like I said, uh, 
sadly, we haven't got a chance to hang out these last few years because everything's been so chaotic for both of us. But uh, yeah, definitely very, very close relationship I've had with Rick over the years and, and Jess. And they're just a bunch of awesome people yeah. doing cool things in BMX. Um, so typically, Carl, this is the time that I transition in and toss it over to our super producer, Melissa, uh, back in Michigan to do the chat check-in. So, uh, I'm okay. going to do the chat check-in. All right. Uh, and, uh, Sounds good. all right. Uh, so we're going to do the chat check-in brought to you by BMX rocks. If you guys haven't done it, man, make sure you guys get over to BMX rocks, check out those grands pictures. All right, man. And, um, in front of me, I got tons of people checking in and I've got some questions too for Carl. So we'll get Carl back up on the screen <laughs> with the questions in the chat room, but Hey, we got to shout out those, uh, those normal regular offenders that join us each Wednesday, Rick Carter. Thanks for joining us, Damon. What's happening? How are you doing fam? And our good friend, uh, Robert Cardoza hanging out with us. He's one that, uh, him and I, after the the show is done uh numerous times have like watched uh flatland videos uh together here and yeah the, we call it the after chat by the way and um we'll, we'll hang out and we'll we'll do a screen share watch some of the stuff that's going on in, in today's flatland jeff devito man thanks for letting me come down and hang out at uh, jd distribution it was a good time hanging out with you um Oh, what's today? Wednesday. So that, oh, Monday, my days blend together down here in paradise in Florida. So Jeff, I appreciate it. Got to tour his distribution place. It was awesome. Len Novak, shout out to you and our good friend, Mike Mag hanging with us. Woody going to see you here in a couple days. going to be a good time. He, uh, he had a question. Any, any, uh, any plans maybe for an indoor racetrack in the future? indoor racetrack racetrack uh, <laughs> man that's he just threw it out there yeah so <laughs> we're gonna tackle one issue at a time <laughs> um the the indoor racetrack you know i i don't i don't know uh let's just say there's people more qualified to go at that than myself um fair enough so what what my wife and i've taken on with the indoor park and indoor pump track um and then you know, combine that with the bike shop, the bike company, the stunt team, working with kids. I don't know that I can fill my plate up much more. I would definitely, if the local track operators uh, in our areas or any of the racers uh, want to tackle such a task, they would have my full support and I would be there lending a hand as much as I can to make that uh, a possibility. Perfect. Uh, we got a couple of people saying hi. Uh, Jim Bosco saying, what's up? How's it going? Uh, Moto B over on YouTube. He says, what's up, boys? Carl is my BMX brother. And shout out to you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Uh, Hollywood Mike Miranda, the famous guy himself, was in. No way. Yeah, man. He says, uh, he says, you know what? How about an indoor hell track? And I'll tell you what. If oh, we, my Lord. If we build an indoor hell track. Hollywood Mike Miranda. That's awesome. <laughs> if we build an indoor hell track, I just want to see Mike fall off the quarter pipe twice. Dude, 100%. I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> and we got our good it, it'd be a Would it be his third dramatic spill? <laughs> uh, yes, third, fourth. And he would um, – but, Mike, we're not going to pay you prevailing wages that they did back when you filmed Rad that they paid you to crash. Uh, Greg Grubbs, shout out to him for joining us this evening. Our good Whoa, friend – Grubbs is on there? Yeah, he's in here, yep. Oh, that's awesome. Gr Greg is uh, – he's from Nebraska, and uh, – I one of my very first memories of the BMX track is Greg Grubbs sit down wheeling the entire track and me just left as an in awe kid 
Love Greg. Wow. Absolutely champion on a bike. Uh, and then we have uh, Hawk Kerninski. Uh, I hope Woo! I'm saying that right. Uh, thanks Kerensky. for joining us this evening. You guys like and share. And look, make sure uh, you guys go over and like, share, everything over at the nowhere brand bmx you know share their facebook page their instagram it's going across the screen and it's in the chat do that and if you guys are new to the show make sure you like and share our page also we want to give a shout out to our good friends at bmx rocks for sponsoring our chat check-in this evening we really appreciate it thank you guys so much so this would be the time i transition from the super producer back to us so here it is we're going to do a quick commercial and we'll be right back you guys don't go anywhere we're going to be back with more with Carl and everything going on out in Nebraska. DB Sports World, the best value in the world on bikes, parts, and equipment. It's time. All right, we are back, and thanks, everybody, for joining us this evening. You know, we're, we watched the bombshell commercial just a second ago, and I want to let you guys know tomorrow we're going to do a bonus show, all right, because we're going to have a couple bombshell pros here. Uh, we're going to have Nick Dawson, and uh, we're also going to have uh, previous bombshell pro, current uh, Time to Shine Carbone Cartel racer, Alita Beeman, right here in the studio. little bonus show for you. going to be a little bit later uh, for the East Coast people. So you guys stick around. We're going to be uh, promoting that thing after tonight's show. But yeah, tomorrow night, a little bonus show for you. We're going to have Alita and Nick on talking about the uh, life that it is as a BMX racing pro and the, the race that's going to be happening this weekend at the Cape Coral Racetrack. So we're, gonna, we're back with Crazy Carl. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us this evening. Man, Again you, again, you got so much going on, man. It's like crazy to try to keep track of everything here. Uh, you're doing doing awesome, though. And I got to tell you, like, everything you're doing, love it. Love it, man. And like, Thank you. Making it free for the kids, your mission in, in, in helping, you know, at-risk uh, at youths and everything like that. I think that's awesome. The burning question is, what is it? What is the hair product you're using to hold that mohawk up? Dude, barely. This is uh, – I'm – I am completely faking it, and I don't know that it's going to make it another year. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I had a mohawk as a kid. Sure. And I loved it. And then I became a responsible adult. That's so bad, isn't it? It's so lame. So so then uh, I remember we, uh, we had Sean Burns staying with us like five, six years ago. And Sean has always kept it punk rock. And <laughs> You ain't joking. And uh, so, so I'm, you know, I'm running my stunt team, everything else. And like, Sean was inspiring me while I was here. I'm like, oh, man, it's so cool, Sean, how you've just, you've just kept it you and you don't really care. Like, that's awesome. And I was like, I kind of miss having a mohawk. And my daughter's like, dad, you should have a mohawk again. And Sean's like, just, 
just do it, man. And my wife's like, you're not going to get a mohawk. And I'm like, we do these stunt shows. I need a symbol so that people recognize me in the community. Uh, so I'm just going back to how I rocked it when I was a kid. And I shaved a mohawk, and I'm holding on to it as long as I can because I'm, I'm balding terribly. And <laughs> That's why I wear a hat, bro. It's, it's, I know. I've, that's my next stage because I don't look good without uh, any hair at all. I look really stupid. So, <laughs> so after the mohawk goes away in the next year or two, it's going to be I'll be a hat 100% of the time. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I keep I keep gaining a lot of forehead on the side here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Old age really sucks. God, it creeps up on you so fast. You just like look and you're like, where'd all that gray stuff come from, man? Um, so when you um, like with the skate the the skate park and you know the pump track, yeah. uh, like do you did you draw all that out? Like did you plan it all, or was it like, hey? We're going to get in what we can fit in. So, I mean, I would say in the most part, it was, it's almost, I sent you a 3D print shot, and I'm not sure if it's in the rolling photos or not that people will see, but if you see a 3D gray print next to just like some barely framed walls, really what we ended up as a final product is not too far of the first design we came up with on mm -hmm. a 3D print. Um we 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 started off with a 50 by 60 uh frame and then we we're like well what can we fit here and we kind of went boxy style traditional old like you know whether a uh, rampage skate park rockford illinois uh scrap at the pit or you know the pit scrap in chicago that kind of stuff where um you had to box jump spine stuff like that we kind of started with that and then uh, we didn't end up with a spine. We ended up with a really wide box. We went with the whole less is more thing rather than have a halfway small spine, halfway small box, just have an enormous large box and, uh, pump track, uh, pump track scared the crap out of me. <laughs> like I'd never build a bowl corner. Um, so when we got to that stage, like three of us, uh, me, my good friend, Josh Larson and Sam Bustle, and they're two, two guys that like this place would not be here without them. They were with me the whole time, every nail, every screw, every everything. They're they're literal rock stars. We stood there going in this back corner going, well, shit, what do we do? Like, and how do you build a bowl corner? So I called Mike Kaiser, and he spent a couple hours with me on the phone telling me how to cut, how to do this, how to sure. do that. And uh, we just started attacking it. And... I think we stood there one day for about five hours before we even cut one piece of wood, like drawing Sharpie on the ground and going back and forth. Mm -hmm. and, uh, <laughs> uh, we had a good friend, friend Dave McGinnis in Fredonia, Kansas. He came up a couple weekends uh, in a row and taught me the the proper way to uh, to cut the plies, to pie shape them in and everything. And without him, I, I we never would have got it dialed in like we did. And, it turned out amazing. I'm not going to lie to you, Justin. I, of course, my opinion's biased because it's it's our place. Mm -hmm. But I have more fun in that. I like. I've barely been in the skate park lately. That pump track is one of the smoothest and most ridiculously fun things I have ever rode in my life. We got the we got the 100% approval from Brian Streeby when he stopped by. He jumped every <laughs> gap before any of us had a chance to. Destroyed the whole thing, like sure in the best way possible. And and Brian builds pump tracks. That's what he does for I, a living. And I I'm have like, to race so, him. So well, I, <laughs> I chase him around. Let's say that. Oh, 
Yeah. I would I would hate to race him. He's so ridiculously fast till <laughs> his age. <laughs> I know. I read the back of his and, jersey. Uh, and he, he said he uh he absolutely loves it. Like uh yeah, a, watching Brian on that was pure magic. <laughs> it was it was uh it was really cool. But what I really like about the pump track is uh it's it's brought like joy to not only like us BMXers and then also the beginning stage uh BMXers but we're an all wheels welcome place I don't believe any of these sports are cooler than one over the other I don't care if it's rollerblades roller skates scooters anything we're all a bunch of kids just Mm -hmm. trying to find our place in the world and feel community and have fun and to see how many of these kids just have a blast in there at whatever they're riding that's I know we're doing the right thing and it just makes me smile. Um, one one point I want to touch on that, mm-hmm. that that just happened last week that I was really excited about and really touched by. You know, I, I tell everybody all the time that like it's about the kid that can't afford it. That it really is. I mean, it's about everyone, but the reason it's free. And I had a a newer kid come out a few weeks ago, and the mom messaged me a few days ago and just said, "Hey, just wanted to let you know we've fallen on hard times." And the fact that my son is able to come somewhere free and pursue what he dreams about doing someday means the world to us. And like, I'll keep that email forever. That's, that's the kind of thing that, you know, yeah, if, if you're having a rough month and the insurance is hard to pay, you pay it anyways, because you, you make that shit happen because there's that mom or dad that can't afford to give their kids what they want. And you help them along that so that that kid you know, is a part of something and gets to pursue what they, what they love. Um, so if, uh, before I forget, yeah. how would somebody go about, you know, somebody listening, um, you know, on the podcast version that'll be posted later or right now, yep. um, I don't have this information, so I'll get it as quick as you, you tell me, <laughs> but like, how does somebody go about, cause are you, are you a 5013C nonprofit? We are. Yeah. Okay. So, so how does, so, and I don't want, how does I, somebody I, I, go I, about helping? Like, how do they, how do they help you? Sorry to cut you off, but like, how, how could no, somebody reach out and be like, you know what? I want to just, here's a few bucks or here's more than a few bucks. Like, how can they yep. help with that? I'm a very personal person. Like, uh, so just, I mean, my phone number is all over the internet. Everything about me is all over the internet. I'm a very, very open person. Cause I want as many people to know about this place as possible. So, I mean, if you, if you Google anything, you come up with anything, like you can, you can message me, you can call me, you can text me, anything you want. We'll take, we, we have several different forms of payment. We have a Venmo, we have a, a, a nonprofit PayPal. We can accept checks direct and we can provide receipts. Um, okay. You know, because we are a 501c3, so businesses can utilize that tax write-off. Um, so, yeah, just uh, you can message me uh, to ask me what, you know, for what form. I have a lot of people that when they donate, they they don't, they want it all 100% to go to the place. So they don't want a Venmo or PayPal or something. They just want to write a check or mm-hmm. uh, whatever you want to do. We have several different methods. Um, and right now, I'll just let everybody know um, we are raising funds currently uh for a a septic a well uh so that we can put in bathrooms here in the building um and i'm stoked to say that we're up uh to almost uh twenty four thousand dollars roughly out of the 30 needed uh for a septic well in the full-blown deal we're out on a farm here so (laughs) 
Um, uh, let's. I want to show that here. Uh, I'm going to flip on this and do the nowhere to poop it. No, this. Oh. <laughs> like this is where you're at, man. Um, we are in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like you guys got. Oops, uh, I'm going to move. So, Justin, what what I want to say off the middle of nowhere, what a lot of people don't know, and a lot of what's really cool is a lot of uh, traveling writers have uh, seen now is. We are in the middle of nowhere, but we're in like the most logical spot in the country. We're smack dab in the middle. And if you wear, you watch everybody travels Interstate 80, and if you watch how 80 goes, we're just a little triangle with 80. So you go 20 minutes out of your way down and then right back over. So to come visit us, if you're traveling Interstate 80, takes you 20 minutes total out of your way from doing that little triangle. And you're, hit us up, man. We are, see, the thing is, we are not, a private place. So if you're, let's say you're a 35 year old guy, you just got into BMX and you can barely bunny hop. You are as welcome to camp here and hang out with me and have fun with me as that big level pro. There's the only thing, the only cool guy feel to around here is enjoying the sport. That's it. Everybody's equally welcome and everybody's equally cool for coming to hang out with us. Uh, you mentioned camping. Uh, what, what yeah. kind, what, give us the details on that. We, <laughs> I want to start off with my, I want to start off with my first camping story and I don't yeah. encourage people to take this route. Please message me beforehand. But so my wife calls me, Oh Lord. Uh, I don't remember how many, seven years ago, seven, eight years ago before we had the building. And she goes, um, Hey honey, do we got people staying this weekend? And I go, no, no, not that I know of. She goes, oh, there's a tent in the middle of our driveway. So, so I, I got my, my 7.3 diesel excursion. It's super loud. And I'm traveling down my driveway to take my kids to school. And here's this tent, half tented in my gravel road. And it's, it's I believe uh, it was uh, uh, Lane George. Dude is a phenomenal bike rider. One of the, like, now we're buddies and one of the coolest guys I've ever met. But I didn't know him at the time. And, uh, so I pull up to their tent and I just lay on my horn <laughs> like, and I'm this far from the tent and here's these two BMXers like poke their heads out and they're like, what's up? And I'm like, Hey guys, what's going on? <laughs> and they're like, I don't know. We, we were traveling and we saw Sean Burns's Instagram. This place looked cool. And we thought, screw it. Let's see if we can ride there. And I'm like, of course you can. Let me take my kids to school. I'll be back in a little bit. And I took wow. them to school and we spent the whole day riding together and I had, they were coolest dudes I've ever met. And it was so much fun. And I'm like, this is, it captured again that day. What I've always loved about this sport is wherever you travel, like BMX is one of those sports where it's like, you are instantly family, not even knowing someone, you know, halfway across the country. Mm -hmm. And and then you develop a friendship that lasts forever, you know? Um, so uh, but camping wise, yeah, you can, you can tent camp. I don't have hookups for your, for your big RVs or anything like that. Once we get this well and septic, we will do an outdoor pump and people will have uh, water access, but we don't have like, we're not like a full fledged camping place where you can empty your septic or anything like that. Out of your, out I your feel, RV. I feel with your fundraising, like that might take like eight months for you to do. <laughs> You're giving me way too much credit, but <laughs> Well, you, you, how, how, how many years did it take you to do the, the, the entire in the indoor? Uh, 
So now, and, it was and, no easy task. We've we've raised so we raised uh, almost one hundred and fifty thousand dollars over the course of five years. That's amazing. That, thank you. During that time, my stunt team and I probably donated close to fifty stunt shows where we would just take money in a jug type thing. Everything I mean, so we worked we worked our asses off to get there, and uh, I it was. Uh, we did so many cool events. Like we did a, uh, we did a deal for our local Ford dealership. We're in the middle of winter. We set up our box jump launch and deck up against a wall in the giant Ford dealerships uh, mechanics area, and it was. Uh, I think the event was called like Drive for Your Community or something like that. But basically, they get a certain amount of money for everybody who comes in that day and test drives a car, donated to the nonprofit of their choice, and we got to do this. So we're in this back area of and during a blizzard of course it has to snow so it's even tough for people right. to get there but they said it was the biggest turnout they'd ever had and we raised like uh 1600 that day which then they double and match and so it was awesome like you know i got we're doing flares oh that's mile high stadium that's cool um <laughs> sorry <laughs> the, just going by picture but um but yeah we've done some a really fun and neat shows uh that were fundraising opportunities and stuff but so with that the money we raised i was adamant the entire time that majority of the people donating are they're guys like me they've worked their ass off their whole life mm -hmm. you know we're blue collar workers and uh and uh so i wanted to stretch every dollar as far as possible. So I constantly shopped around. Like we got quoted initially for this building, almost $20,000 for 10. And, uh, we, we found, uh, for like 3,500 bucks found it used. And we spent like two weeks, uh, filling, filling holes. Uh, I think they said, I think that one of my roofer guys said there's probably close to 15,000 holes we had to fill. Oh man. <laughs> Cause, cause nothing lined up with, you know, sure. where the new purlins or stringers were. So we're filling in all these holes chasing, but we were always willing to go the extra 10 miles, uh, to save a few dollars to show donors that we will do that for them. And I think that's really earned us a, uh, a lot of respect with the community. And, and that's why they're willing to help because they know that we take that serious and we won't foolishly squander their money away. We'll, we'll kick ass for them. Very nice. Um, so speaking of the, before we talk about the stunt team, uh, somebody wants to know a little bit about the, uh, world's largest handlebars. <laughs> they used to joke that those were Tom Dugan's new bars. <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I remember the machine shop when they hauled them out one day. Uh, I, I think it was when the big bars thing was kind of coming in and Dugan's just an amazing bike rider and his bars were taller than so I was getting tagged in all these posts all over. They're like, oh, look, Tom Dugan's got his new bars on the way to his house. <laughs> but uh, no, I just, I wanted something iconic. It was one of those just, which starts off with a bunch of my crazy ideas. Like one day I say something, the next thing you know, I'm doing work for two years to make it happen because uh, I've always prided myself on trying to accomplish everything I say I'm, you know, going to do. So I was like, it'd be cool to have a really big set of bars that you could ride on and do tricks on and which sounds simple and easy enough, right? Like no big deal. Well, 
it turns out that it was kind of a really big deal and, and tough to do. So that those bars are made of uh, football field goal tubing. Um, wow. And the the machine shop that so a friend of mine, Todd Blackshear, one of the he's an old freestyler here in Lincoln, one of the coolest dudes. He's a graphic guy, was working at this machine place. He he made the design and it's a big machine shop, but even with the, all their equipment and everything, they couldn't bend the tubing. So they had to outsource the bins because it's so thick and huge. Those were four separate pieces that had to be welded together even before putting the crossbar in. Um, so it was like a $5,000 project at the time that three different companies donated uh, over the course of two years to make that happen. And uh, we're really stoked. And then Sam Bustle, uh, my pro rider and my guy that welds my handlebars and stuff, he welded a removable deck on there. Uh, so you have a deck that you don't really see for doing other tricks. So like right there in that photo, I didn't have the deck on. And now we have a removable deck mm -hmm. um, that we can use as well. But we've had uh, we've had contests on those bars. And some mm -hmm. people just like to, for no matter where they're from, those have become so iconic that everybody's like, I got to get a picture with the bars. And, um, we're uh, we're going to run with that a little further down the road where we put we put them on mugs and all kinds of stuff like that. World's largest bars, little trinkety fun stuff that when you're visiting our place and riding, you can stop into the shop and get yourself a little souvenir to go home with. Cause that's cool. I'm that dad. Every time I'm somewhere with my kids, I'm like, Oh shit, I got to get a souvenir to remember that this is where <laughs> exactly. <we're> <laughs> I love that stuff. <laughs> uh, speaking of the shop. All right. So yeah, man, you're full fledged, man. Like, yeah. Like, Wow. Um, so, okay, let, let's talk about your brands first that you guys have, because okay. uh, I want to pull this up real quick, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this back up on the screen. Um, okay. So let me, like, there. Let's talk about the handlebars and how you came up with the design, because uh, one of the things <laughs> is, you know, I told you, you know, today when we were talking before the show and stuff, like, I've followed you guys for a while, kind of from afar, but, like, you have a couple things. You got the big handlebars you have um your jam that we're going to talk about a little bit later and then you've got the <laughs> handlebars and you have the frame and they both have like very unique um geometry that really sticks out and like when you see them you know right away like oh i that's exact that's nowhere um so like yep. how did this come about with the handlebars so the handlebars it's kind of crazy because it started off as a pet project for myself so i've had I don't remember how many knee surgeries. Um, I've had a lot, and uh, and I love doing candy bar manuals. Um, and it was uh, getting to the point where I couldn't lift my foot up and over the crossbar. So uh, I hit up Rick at Standard, and I'm like, "Hey, Rick, I want to I want to bring like the V bar back, and I want to build bars that are you know just a couple sets of bars so I can candy bar easier." Uh, and so we did, we built, I think two, two sets at the time, just mm -hmm. two sets. And then I had a couple of people ask about, it. I'm like, ah, screw it. Let's make like 25 pairs. So, so then we, then we made 25 pairs. And I remember it was funny because, uh, BMX at the time, and I think it's gotten better lately, but was so like one dimensional with, uh, with their okayness with new ideas because we had gotten to a point where we were real stagnant in the industry and everything looked alike. And so I come out with these bars and everybody's like, oh, 
God, like you're never going to sell, sell one pair of those. This is terrible. And, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, well, I don't understand that because they're, they make sense. They're really versatile and like, there's a lot of great uses for them and everything. So we made 25 sets and after a little bit of time, we sold those 25 sets and then fast forward 10 years and uh, you know, we just, I've got my welder right now building 200 sets right now in his garage over the next couple of weeks. And we've wow. sold like 600 sets of four piece uh, now to date or something. And it's uh, there's, there's a real, uh, all of our designs and everything we do, I will never make a product to just make it. I've always prided myself that everything has to have something that I feel is either really cool looking or that would help the industry that uh, that I don't see happening currently. Um, that was kind of hence uh, with our bike frames as well, is I believe uh, having uh, more clearance in areas can help with certain things. And that's kind of, you know, where we were at with our bars as well, which, which started off with me doing candy bars. I've learned some of the big pro guys, which this does not adhere to me, and I'm sure to many people, but there's a lot of guys that would too, flips. Uh, Chuck Covey uh, and uh, Kian Santana that ride for me, they do huge front flips. Well, they tuck all the way into that crossbar, and they're like, that's provided us the clearance to not smack anymore. Oh, wow. And we can do loftier, bigger front flips. And I'm like, yeah, you guys are, that's all you guys on that yeah. one. <laughs> so, <laughs> that front flip but, is. Or, uh, yeah. No, I'm out on that. And, yeah. uh, or when they double flip and stuff like that, uh, disabled Dan who rides for us out of the UK, he just did that, that wheel flip that went viral, uh, off a bike wheel into the bank and we slow moded on his way in. And if he'd have had a traditional crossbar, he'd have smacked his rib so hard that I don't know if he'd have kind of nosied it out, but mm -hmm. it gave him that clearance that's needed. And, uh, it's really cool to see you know, riders at that caliber be able to utilize. Yeah, you see Dan there, like, that really shows the the frame clearance in being able to open up on, on his tables more and stuff. And it's, so that's kind of the, that's the big driving force behind the bars. Uh, it started, started with candy bars and now it's become so much more. I'll talk about the frames now, because uh, again, so, unique. Go ahead very unique geometry it sticks out you know like you know it's your you know it's your frame <laughs> i know i love i love that part about it uh i, I dig it's it. another one of those you know i think everything i do um i'm always told uh you can't do that so so here's how the story starts off uh, bob mead and mike Danello, two of the most talented guys i've ever known uh in bmx were traveling with the circus ringling brothers circus and Mike rode for me, and um, and Bob was a good friend of mine, and they stopped by, and I asked them about the frames they were riding at the time because it had a particular geometry that uh, that not a lot of frames had in BMX, but uh, was questionable on strength. Um, but it had a shorter rear end, stuff like that, um, and I was still riding a very traditional bike that i'd ridden like when i was younger very long cranks long rear end long top tube everything and they're like so i tried one of their bikes out i used to struggle with nine taps uh i think i'd maybe pulled two in my whole life on a on a 900 tire tap without hopping and i pulled one second try on mike's bike 
So we came in the house and I'd never really had a lot of intentions on building a frame, but I looked at Mike Danello and I'm like, Hey dude, how'd you like a signature frame? Um, like something American made top quality with the responsive geo and stuff you guys like. And, uh, so then my wife and I went out for sushi <laughs> and we sat there for four hours going over uh, a spread that Kurt did at BMX Union explaining geometry. And I learned and I started just, we, my wife and I talked back and forth, well, this does this, this does this, and this is what Mike and Bob say. And Bob was always a forward thinker in the way, Bob used to do, used to ride ramp with a flatland bike. and He did countless tricks nobody else uh, had ever done. Still countless tricks till today that nobody's ever done. Like Bob's one of the most talented human beings I've ever seen. Absurdly talented. And uh, so anyways, um, yeah, my wife and I learned about this stuff. And then I'd go back and forth with Bob and Mike on the phone. Hey, what do you guys think of this? What do you think of this? And then uh, so we came up with the geometry and a design. And then I'd always been a huge trials bike fan. Um, and uh, so I started looking at mountain bikes and trials bikes and hence the, the dual triangles and open up the clearance. So my buddy, uh, my buddy and I bought a uh, Menards $200 welder and we hacked up a couple bike frames and we out of like Miracos and we made this like crappy frame with the dual triangles to get where we wanted it. Okay. And I, I pitched it to Rick at standard. I'm like, I want to build bike frames. Can I hire you to manufacture these? <laughs> and and uh, a couple of the guys here local, like I remember showing it to him and I go, these are the bike frames I'm going to make. And I was told <laughs> by a few guys, dude, you're going to kill your company. Please don't. <laughs> Cause they're so different. And, right. uh, but uh, I really, really believed in our design and I wanted to see how they were going to hold up. And our frames, you know, have proven to hold up to be one of the best in the world right now with some of the hardest riders uh, like like Chuck Covey and, and Disabled Dan. I use those guys as examples because they are just hawking these things to no belief and the frames are just holding up great. I mean, I've got right behind me, this is Dan's, Dan's frame right here. He wrote it for a year and a half. He flipped over a concrete pool 30 feet to flat uh double flip he's the only guy i know of that flat on concrete he rode this for a year and a half and it is absolutely immaculate still and i just asked him that when he was here if he'd donate it to me because he did the wheel flip mm -hmm. and this is going to be built and displayed at the Speedway Motors Museum in Lincoln Nebraska because they got a little BMX museum with things that have happened in Nebraska and we're going to we're going to put that little story about Dan's Dan's story in that bike, but we are really, really proud. You know, we've, we've put over, we've had, we have over 300 frames being written currently and uh, they're all just holding up beyond my belief. I, I can't believe how well are. I'm, I just, I dare people to break them. I, I'd like, to, I'd honestly like to see, see one broke because I want to know <laughs> where its limits are and what it won't put up with. <laughs> Nice. Um, but in, these are on the website, right? So somebody could go order it right off the website. Yes. Right? Okay. Yeah. So we, we started off with our very responsive geo frame with Mike Danello and then, mm -hmm. uh, Dan Nielsen, who I said earlier, we based the company around, he really wanted to 
you know, represent nowhere and ride one of these trains, but it was just too small for him. Dan's like six four. So uh, Dan, being one of my heroes that's younger than me, just because I love the guy so much and he inspired me to to build a, uh, this company and everything, is uh, I'm like, Dan, you want a signature frame? Let's redesign the frame and let's make it your size. And we did. And we uh, we came out with the Danimal frame, which has a, it's a, a longer top tube um, options, uh, bigger standover, longer rear end. Um, so for the guys that, you know, want to ride trails, big box jumps, jump off roofs, <laughs> stuff like that we came out with the danimal frame and uh the the big thing about our frame that that i love and i can i can say from i've never been dan's level or jacob theme or any of the guys we've worked with but i was at a decent enough level where i could push some limits and have some fun and after my knee surgeries and a shoulder surgery and everything not everything moved as well as i wanted it to and now with that dual triangle system and be able to open up that clearance, you know, at first you were thinking about, you think about tail whips, can cans, a lot of stuff, but you don't realize how often you actually smack your leg during a turndown or a tabletop and stuff like that. And now I can open up my tape, my, uh, I think they're called undowns. Now I can up my, open up my undowns again, like I was when I was 18, mm -hmm. uh, because of that extra clearance, uh, with that top tube. We, uh, what I always love doing is I'll take, I'll take somebody that's used to their bike and uh, I'll go, Hey, you know, go try a turn down on yours and I'll videotape it. And then I'll take my bike that they're not used to at all. I'm like, okay, do one on mine. And I'll videotape and I'll put it side by side. And I've yet to have someone not click it further on our bike. They aren't used to than their own bike. Nice. And you always hear them go, Whoa, because it starts going further than they think it's going to go because you don't realize how much you smack your leg all the time uh, with not having that clearance. But it's it's really cool. I'm I'm stoked to see uh, our our frames had to speak for themselves over the past seven years because uh, people were questioning strength, messing with the triangle. But you know, mm -hmm. mountain biking, you know, with always seeing them do the dual triangles, and their bikes have to put up with more abuse than than about anything. And and they go with that design. I just didn't see why it wouldn't work, and it and it really has. It's worked great. Well, I love hearing about the frames. We're gonna take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. We're going to talk more. You guys don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Uh, we have a lot more to discuss.
And we are back. And shout out to our sponsors, ProGate USA and our good friends over at Die Job Apparel. If you guys are looking for something kind of extra for your product, make sure you check out Die Job Apparel. Man, the guy can do everything from yard signs to, you know, <laughs> coaches' jackets to... It, it, it never ends. He can just make everything happen for you. And uh, make sure you guys head on over to ProGate and uh, check out that junior gate that they have for you. You can get your very own ProGate, put it in your driveway, in your garage, and make sure you're the best next year at Grand's. And we are talking about you. Uh, we're talking with Carl from nowhere this evening. And uh, we're going to do a quick check-in, get a shout-out. Melissa, the super producer, has joined the chat. Rick Carter Rick Carter had to comment. He said, look, uh, this sounds like some field of dream stuff, Carl. And uh, I think that really summarizes everything going on. Mike Miller, thank you for joining us this evening. Really appreciate you hanging out with us. Moto B says, Carl rules. Uh, our guest next week just joined us. And uh, he says, hey, man, it's uh, awesome that you guys have what's going on. And uh, he's got some more to talk about in a little while. Uh, Thank you guys for joining us and putting your questions and your shout outs in the chat. We really appreciate it. Chris, thanks for getting all the links in the chat. Uh, before we jump to commercial break, we were talking about the hard goods that you guys or hard parts that you guys make. Um, and we had talked about the frames and the handlebars. And uh, you also offer, let me get this up here. You guys also offer something. I think that's awesome. This guy right here. I was, when I was scouring around on your website, I'm like, this is so cool. Uh, your stem, dude, like the chain. Thank you. The chain link on the top. Yep. When we're done, dude, I'm ordering them. Like, it's so cool. Um, so yeah, like what else do you guys offer? You got the stem, you have the bars, you got the frame. What else do you guys have? Uh, we have our, our double seat post clamp, the straight jacket. Um, and then we have our... Uh, life behind bars sprocket called the lifer sprocket um which we're down to four <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a good thing yeah i know um but uh we definitely i wish we had more right now going into the holidays but uh yeah no we're uh we're super proud of that stem uh that was crap almost five years in the making um to get the design figured out a friend of mine uh scuba steve uh stall who started his own company here recently called throne bmx he is a super rad dude he's been my like 3d cad guy and i'll just basically you know we'll work together and i'll say this is what i want and he's the guy that can make it happen um and we are really really proud of that design um yeah that was i always envisioned you know he, see a set of chain links just laying there on the ground, you know, a classic old KMC chain laying there. And I'm like, man, what if a stem looked like a, you know, four chain links kind of connecting if you look over the top. And then I wanted the whole flow of the entire stem to feel like a chain link then. And hence the curve design as it goes and everything. And uh, it, it started off with uh, more of a front load height on a top load. And it was our, uh, and it was the uh, Jacob theme, uh, who I'm sure you know. Uh, he's out traveling the world, killing it. He's one of our best friends. It was he, we had a signature stem with him, um, and then uh, guys just wanted a little bit taller. So then we went to the missing link. We changed a few things with the design, and we went to more of a traditional top load rise. Yeah, and hence the uh, the missing link design. And 
I love our the marketing behind our stuff right now. We we hire a poor boy Steve to do most of our stuff, and that's why the the logos and stuff for this stuff are so kick ass because. He is one of the most phenomenal and creative artists yes, like, he is. that BMX has ever seen. I love Poor Boy Steve. He's so good with what he does. Uh, James, it's, J- James mentioned. Um, did you, uh, he thinks he says he's not well? He's not able to watch right now. Again, he's the guest next week, James Vicario. He's not watching, but he goes. Uh, I think okay, I, yeah, I, yeah. He know, he believes. Did you guys do a jumping uh, at the Grands in two thousand seven, like a jumping demo, or two thousand seventeen? So, uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't us per se, but uh, we jumped in, and uh, a good friend of ours uh, from Mudslingers Bike Shop in Illinois, Anthony Ferelli, he was a good friend of ours that was mm-hmm. there at the time, and Jacob Thiem, who rode for us, we talked to Shannon Gillette at ABA, and he's like, yeah, have your jumper guys go in there, and we went down. So, it was us and our friends, the Mudslingers, we went down and had our riders uh, join in with Nick Bruce and I think it was I can't remember who was the sponsor at the time but they were talking about bringing the King of Dirt style jumping back and uh, so we jumped in down on that and that's where Jacob Thiem pulled his very first triple tail whip you know Damn. and now he's off going for you know uh, <laughs> 360 quad whips and stuff in sure. Pat Casey's backyard at the X Games it's so cool to see you know, one of our best friends, this kid that, you know, we met when he was 11 in this small town of, I think there's probably 500 people in, in Kennard, Nebraska. And now he's off just doing Nebraska proud, uh, representing team USA and everything. It's, uh, it's humbling and honoring at the same time to have been a part of that kid's life. So let me echo this. We need you guys back at the ABA grants. <laughs> like we need you there yesterday or this past oh. year. We were, uh, I was just talking to Josh Larson, who's local track director here in, in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm like, how was Grands and everything? And I was like, I should reach out to Shannon about us coming to Vend again, but putting on a pro exhibition, stunt shows, having our team come and do do some, maybe fly in Disabled Dan or something, have him do some, you know, double flips and stuff like that for everybody. But I just think it'd be fun to not, when we used to, because I had a large race team for a while, the beginning of nowhere. and. Mm-hmm. We would vend at Grands every year, and it was super fun. It, but Grands is a lot of work to be a vendor and set up. I mean, it just drains you. Yeah. But having those little times to ride and stuff like that really sparks some energy. And I, I believe now more than ever, BMX is in a state where, and I've preached this from the beginning because I grew up a racer and a freestyler. And I think if you race, makes you a better freestyler. <clears throat> And if you freestyle, makes you a better racer. I truly believe that. Like, um, if you watch guys like Brian Foster and everything, like these guys are just, you know, if they've done both, they destroy each level better. And uh, and I think it's now more than ever you have freestylers and racers dipping into both and having yeah. a, a respect for both. So I think it'd be just super fun to come with our diverse team and everything and, and, and put on some freestyle exhibitions, like just during the downtime racers, you know, they're, it's so, it's emotionally draining being at grants. Keep in mind, it's awesome, but you have that stress the whole time. And it's, it's cool if there's those little breaks to take your mind off of it. And if we're able to do that with some stunt shows, then we'd love to provide that. So it's funny you say that, but I've been, meaning to reach out to those guys again and maybe make our return to grants at some point. Well, 
if you talk to Shannon, there's already people in the chat that say that that's <laughs> if you're doing a dirt jumping expo, it's the only way they're going to buy a ticket to the pro experience. So you know what the pro experience is because that's when you did the other dirt jumping show. That's the big main uh, attraction yep. in the pros race. Yep. So take that leverage and use it. Um, <laughs> it's the only way Noah Robinson is buying a ticket. That's it. He wants to see some dirt jumping and a little side hack. So racing. financially, it already makes sense. I mean, hundred percent. There's, there's two tickets right. right there that's going to be guaranteed bought. That's right. That's a guarantee. It's Don't guaranteed tell guaranteed. him though that you heard that from our show. I'm not sure he's a big fan of us. So, <laughs> uh, so we 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 man, we talked about the compound. Uh, and, and we talked about the hard goods and, and the, you, you kind of touched on the stunt team. How, if somebody wants the stunt team to come out around your area and how far do you guys travel for shows? Um, and, and what's it look like And at this point, I'm just putting in the chat and in the show notes, email you to contact you. If you want to donate, you know, contact you and, uh, I'll put the link in for the, uh, online store because there's some awesome things to buy, but you know, how's that work? Because, um, you guys do an awesome job. You have like really nice modular ramps, you know, and what does the show look like when somebody buy or books? Yeah, we are, show? we, we got Justin, we got so lucky with the ramps. Like the reason our ramps are so cool is because my good friend, Gary Laurent, who, you know, was pro racer, pro freestyler, pro excellent human being. Uh, Gary is, Gary's one of my heroes. He, when we were, I saw, I went and did uh, an event in Colorado with, uh, oh crap, um, that's eluding me right now, but Gary was there. So we go and do this, uh, oh, uh, John Parker. So we go do JP. a show. Uh, John Parker's doing a show in Colorado. John's one of the greatest vert riders of all time. Gary's there doing some flatland, and we come to vend and help host a box jump contest. And... Gary's there, and uh, I became I just a huge fan of Gary, and he's been one of my best friends ever since. And Gary offered me his Acme ramps after a couple years of getting to know him. He guided me as an announcer. Like, he put on a show, and I'm like, wow, Gary, you're amazing. Mm -hmm. And he gave me all his tips and everything. Super good dude to help us with our own shows. And then he offered to sell me his nine-foot quarter pipe on hydraulics with box jump setup that – He'd been using for years. It was the old GT setup, I believe, that because I remember when I bought it, Dave Volker goes, oh, I remember 720s on that thing and everything. And I was like, <laughs> this is cool. Like this ramp was built, I don't know how many decades ago, but it's still going strong. It's iconic. It's been in all these TV shows and everything, living most its life in Vegas. And now it's back here in little old Nebraska and we're having a blast with it. It's a, it's a crazy good setup. And, uh, we used to travel a lot, uh, and we were we were hungry for shows. So it was like anything we could get, we would travel. Where like we we performed at you know Mile High Stadium. Uh, mm -hmm. We had a smaller ramp that I got from Gary, and we performed in the side of Mall of America. That was super. <laughs> that was super high stress because we learned the Mall of America is like its own police force. It's its own world inside there, and mm -hmm. we show up at this ramp, and they're like don't scratch the floors don't touch anything like and we're like oh cool you know like we're getting ready to do a freestyle show and it's don't touch anything i don't know how that's <laughs> right and we had this super tight space and there's like four levels of stairs and everybody's staring down and uh, but not to get off subject it was super cool super fun um 
so we used to we used to travel a lot and and uh now that our nonprofit has grown large enough and the driving force behind uh wanting to work with kids all the time i try mm -hmm. not to travel as far because i want to be within i'm going to give you a prime example this is a story i talked about recently that, that this is we do we do our state fair every year and we did our state fair two years ago and this kid had watched us perform they were in town because the dad was in town for work and keep in mind our state fair is two and a half hours away from our house um this kid let's say wasn't the most popular kid in school and deals with some stuff you know uh and uh probably bullying some stuff like that and uh the mom brought him two and a half hours away to come ride our place and they came four times while they were there the kid ended up buying a bicycle we became buddies and i made a post reach out to some people back in their home state which is several states away you know let this kid become part of the community because that's a big thing it's community that's it's not just about having a skate park in your area but it's also about having a scene having a community and tried to kind of help him into the into the scene in his area well our last corn hucket jam here he comes you know several states away running up the driveway you know 12 year old kid and uh that moment to me uh just meant meant the world to me you know that they driven several states away to come to our jam because we meant so much to them but we 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 caught him through doing stunt shows and that's so i preface every show with hey guys my name is crazy carl you know run a nonprofit, 100 percent free bring your kids you know if you want to talk to us after the show for some information and you know we get we give them this little spiel and it's really cool because we do our shows with a, a, a diverse group with our pro riders that absolutely kill it with my daughters. Uh, so we have the female aspect, my son, we've got younger riders of different talent levels so that kids can relate. It's not just, whoa, look at that backflip, backflip, backflip. I don't know that I could do that. They see more beginning tricks with the big firework tricks as well. So that relatability Oh, that's crazy. There's the old picture of Hoffman and I <laughs> started. Uh, that relatability, uh, I think, is huge because mm -hmm. kids need to see that, you know, that we all start somewhere. Uh, I think that's the detachment we have sometimes with our sports is uh, I work with kids on a weekly basis that are nervous. You know, they come with their friend here and they don't want to. They're not as talented as their friend or something like that. And I tell all these kids, you know, I've got countless stories that I can tell them about you know I wasn't the best in my group and Dan Nielsen was the low total pull guy in his group and they just wanted it wanted it you can accomplish anything that you want uh man look at that Julian guy out there right now with one leg like yeah he is one of the most phenomenal BMXers I've ever seen in history so and doing that with <laughs> one and he's spinning with like one I, leg I, or, I see him doing tricks where he's spinning like opposite and hard, you know, it, it, it's just amazing. Yeah. Like nothing's holding that kid back. No. And, uh, getting to know disabled Dan that rides for me on a very personal level, like only having one hip and everything and the stuff he's gone through. There he is right there. Like, uh, he, man, that guy makes me feel like I have, I have nothing to complain about ever because he has accomplished mm -hmm. like everything and the the world was stacked against him uh but it's it's inspiring and that's the thing um is if 
you know, if that's something we can do with this company is, is let any kid know that they can yeah. accomplish whatever is on their list, uh, I think is, is really important. And we want to do whatever we can to help them achieve that. That's awesome. Um, so you, you kind of alluded to the other thing we want to talk about, but I don't want to give it away yet. All right. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about, but, uh, I did have another question like lingering in the chat, um, in the, in the shot where you guys were flexing with no shirts on, was that, uh, Bill, uh, Bill Nichek? Nichek? Who? Uh, no, no, it no. wasn't. Okay. Nitschke? Bill Nitschke? Nitschke. Nitschke. Yeah. Sorry. I was reading it kind no. of like you're going to experience the birthdays being read later. <laughs> just kind of no that that shot was early age uh uh we did this thing for a while each year at the state fair mm -hmm. like no matter how much we didn't want the farmer's tan we always got the farmer's tan <laughs> so we would all take our shirts off and make fun of each other later who had the worst farmer's tan between t-shirt or tank top whatever it may be um but that's that's where that picture came because it's 11 days straight you know in the in the nebraska sun doing four shows a day every day so <laughs> oh man um all right we're going to transition into what's called the lightning round carl so are you okay, ready for me. this are you ready sure all right <laughs> here we go we're going to go into our lightning round our lightning round is brought to you by brandedpopups.com mission at brandedpopups.com it's a fan base supported supporter with the opportunity to purchase their very own branded pop-up canopy which means if you're a big fan of standard like you can buy a standard tent if you're a big fan of atb there you go like just saying how how psyched would it be for the holiday to get your hands on an atb or profile a gate nine canopy or very soon probably after this show as soon as i put crazy carl in contact with the guy that owns branded pop-ups your very own nowhere canopy that you can set up at your next bmx stunt show or your competition or your racetrack you guys can order now and have it by christmas all right here's how the lightning round goes carl all right okay we're gonna i'm we're i'm gonna well typically i have other people to help me with this but tonight i'm flying solo bro so I have a series of questions I'm going to ask. We're going to hit this thing uh, and how can we're going to answer as fast as I can. Or as what? fast as you can. All right. Oh, so you tell me when you're ready. Sure. All right. All time favorite movie. Uh, oh, hot rod. Damn good movie. All right. Favorite TV show. Favorite TV show. Uh, it's got a, I'm going to go walking dead right now. That's pretty good. That's good. That's all right. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, what, what What are you going to have after it's done, though? Well, we watch The Office as our white noise. I'm like 40 <laughs> times through the season. It's just our white noise all the time. Same That's here. my favorite. But, but Walking Dead, I love right. it, too. Your favorite snack foods or junk food? Right now, it's Beanie Field vegan chips because it's the they taste most like Doritos from when I used to eat normal food. All right. <laughs> Uh, what was the last thing you Googled? What was the last thing I Googled? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I use Google that often. Uh, I think it was to look up a part to help a friend of mine sell his old droopy pedals. Okay. <laughs> uh, the favorite city that you've been to and why? I'm going to say Rockford, Illinois, because, uh, I love the pit. 
Oh, uh, so so much that I have more childhood memories from that place than ever. I got to share this story with you. So you remember the badass four foot spine? That was my favorite spine ever. Uh, the street spine in the in the in the street room. No, the the in the back uh, behind the bowl. Oh, the double coping one. Yes, dude. That's the only double coping spine I've ever enjoyed because majority of them are like six foot and they scare me. It's terrifying. And that one was a blast. Yeah. So yeah. it knocked my teeth out like these four and uh, the bottom ones. I didn't know you grew up there. We've probably I didn't. Together I didn't. I didn't. Point. No, I grew up in Michigan, but I went out there a lot for for various contests, but like also races because I did all of it. And uh, yeah, because I, I did that. Uh, I got my teeth knocked out there and uh, there was just a person there that put them back in for me and woke me back up as a, and and i say this with all the best humility like had my teeth knocked out pissed my pants at the same time one of the most epic days of my life because oh, dave framuth dave framuth we were in the parking lot of you know they had the ramps they'd toss out in the parking yep. lots he did yep. like this insane hang five to 360 hang five down and like i was holding my teeth in drinking heineken at the time true story Google it. Um, it was one of the funnest times ever. And then we would, you know, I'd go out there for the pit and then we, I'd go out there for the races too. So like that place, if you guys don't know, boy, did you miss out? Cause that place, wow. Yeah, the bulls, yeah. remember the bull in there in front of the no, mini ramp? It was absolutely Fire. incredible. I've, I've been riding there before the bull was there up until the bull being there until it being gone. That's where I sustained my worst injury yeah. was uh, a month before the pit closed i missed their last jam because i went there to film for the aspire two section and i took my leg out mm. uh and garrett rap had to help me get to the hospital and uh tore my acl pcl mcl lcl and patellar oh garrett's been on the show before too by the way garrett uh, is one of the most coolest human beings and one of the most talented bike riders i've ever seen i love garrett he's a hell of a singer too um <laughs> favorite those guys that's good at everything yeah like he's a good graphic designer more destroy the place too yeah and he can graphic design and video edit it's like gosh you're so good uh he's your... like bark taylor from rad <laughs> is there anything this kid can't do <laughs> exactly uh what's your favorite pizza topping Oh, pizza topping. I like to mix all these up. You know, lately it's been fresh tomato. Mm, all right. Do you like that cooked or put but on I after? The years jalapeno, but go ahead. Do you like the, 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 the tomato thrown on and cooked or after it's cooked, the pizza? I don't like it very hot. So like a bigger chunk okay. is, uh, is probably better nowadays. Um, I don't like sun-dried tomatoes. I don't like the texture. Uh, of those and then fresh jalapenos i'm a huge spice nut and i love fresh jalapenos on pizza all right if you had not got involved in bmx which i find like is, i don't know how, what would have happened but if you hadn't got involved in bmx what what do you think you'd have been doing motocross good call who's your favorite motocross racer oh racer yeah uh we're gonna go way back in the day bob hannah boy. because that dude always went huge. So that was a, uh, oh, no, no. But nope. I say Bob Hanna, but because nowadays, because my dad 
and everything he's taught me and what we, you know, I would say Danny Magoo, Magoo Chandler because Magoo, my dad always loved Magoo and I reached out to Magoo after he was paralyzed and uh, he, uh, he was doing a film project. I'm not sure if you followed Magoo's career, you know, when everything had come, but I reached out to, uh, to him while a college student was doing uh, the documentary on his life. And he signed a, uh, a photograph that I bought, a newspaper article I bought off eBay for my dad when my dad was going through some health issues. And Danny signed it with his mouth to my dad. And my dad wow. still has that framed in his house. He was a, a people's champ that went through a lot. And I think he paved the way for a lot of uh, extreme athletes that struggle with sponsorships after getting injured because our sports don't get recognized enough and the pay isn't there yeah. for their lives being put on the line all the time. And I think Danny did bring some of that to the forefront and, and he's a champion for it. Next question, sweet or salty? Salty. All right, pie or cake? <laughs> That's, I don't want to answer that because all I, all, all I can say, and this is extremely inappropriate, I nope. love my wife. Okay, all right. <laughs> That sweet, warm apple pie. Sorry, terrible answer. That's the only thing I can think of is my wife's a gem. Attaboy. Uh, soda or pop? <laughs> it's pop, and I'll tell you why. All right. Because when I went, when I went to Rockford to one of the contests, <laughs> I went out with Russ Hopkins, uh, Mike Ardeline, and some of the guys. And I remember Russ at uh, – at Burger King, I said, uh, I'm going to go get a pop. And I remember him and a few of the other guys that were from different areas are like, it's not pop, it's soda, it's soda. And I'm it's like, soda. where the hell am I? Because I was in Nebraska <laughs> my whole life. So I was like, this is so cool. I'm hanging out with people that talk different. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, hairspray or Murray's? What is Murray's? I remember that being crappy bikes. That's all I know. <sighs> When it that that's it. Is that like Damper Dan? Yeah, is that like the Damper Dan from. <laughs> so, what is your go hairspray? Because that's what I, that's what I. Use. All right. What is your guilty? What what your favorite guilty pleasure? <laughs> favorite guilty pleasure. This is gonna sound really lame, and I don't get time much for it anymore. I really love playing darts. All right. I like pool, by the way. I played darts for years. I love playing darts. All right. Uh, Instagram or Facebook? I think I might know this answer, though. Instagram all day. All right. Uh, Apple. BMX platform. All right. Apple or Android? Apple all day. If you own an Android, you just got to get with the times, get rid of it, and get an Apple. I know they're monopolizing, but it's such a pain in the ass when I want to clip from my friend and I'm like, oh, look, you got an Android. Now I got to deal with this shit. All right. <laughs> Can't just airdrop it to me. Uh, what talent do you wish you had that you don't have? How to grow hair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I wish I had that talent. I'm with you. Uh, <laughs> what, what's the one thing that people are generally surprised to find out about you? That's a tough one. I don't know. The first thing that comes to mind in total mm -hmm. transparency is I'm doing something that people think are crazy. And uh, 
and when people come here and meet me, I, I hear repetitively that, holy shit, that's, this guy is surreal. That's, that's the big thing. Like I truly am. I'm, I'm human. I make mistakes. My intentions are pure. I love people and I want to make the world a better place. And I, I think when, when people hear about this place, they think, oh, that's crazy. It sounds like a pipe dream. There's got to be a catch. And then they come here and hang out and they're like, holy shit, there's not a catch. And they become fans. We become friends and they continue to come back. <laughs> All right. What's your, what was your first job? I was a courtesy clerk at Hy-Vee making, I think it was like four bucks an hour, something right. like that. And I quit that job uh, Easter weekend because I wanted to go uh, ride motorcycles with my friends. And they said I couldn't have the time off already because I'd only been there three months. And I said, well, thanks. <laughs> Very irresponsible. I'm not, I'm not saying follow me kids on that. I'm just saying that's what happened. <laughs> Put a lot of jobs to go ride bike contests. All right. So your favorite Wednesday night live BMX show that is brought to you by all things BMX show. My favorite one. <laughs> uh, I will say the verdicts out because uh, I think you do a great job and <laughs> I want to listen to more of them to get through them. Thank you. We I, gotta come, I can't I can't give you an educated answer when I haven't been through all of them yet. And okay. I've got 135, 135 four. total. Is that what you have? Well, here's the thing. So you have 134 previous episodes. But you, what, during COVID, yep. uh, we were doing shows um, on Friday night. So our our uh, our live stream show, podcast show, is actually well over 200 episodes. Wow. I know. We've been grinding it out. tell me what your favorite one is, and that's the one I'm going to go watch uh here at the end of this week i'll tell you what i'll text you like i'll text you five of them give me a yeah text me a favorites list that okay. i can go through I yeah because like there there were there we've had some in the show is like provided a, a platform for me to meet people like yourself that i look you know i look up to from afar and uh you know I, i've met some of the legends of the sport and so on like yourself and people that are making things happen. So it's, it's been, it's been a fun ride. So I appreciate you joining us this evening. And as we talked before, we're going to do our newsmaker segment. Um, so it's time for our newsmaker segment. And we always want to say thank you to our good friends over at 110% nutrition for sponsoring our newsmaker segment and bringing it to you each and every week. So first thing up in their newsmaker segment is the Magic slash Waterford Oaks BMX group bringing you the Magic Motorsports Magical BMX Week. Uh, here it is. Waterford Oaks has joined up with Magic BMX Motorsports, which is a local bike shop out in Waterford. And what they're going to do is they're going to donate two bikes to somebody in need. All right. So all you have to do is email them. And the email link will be in the chat and will also be in the show notes in case you guys miss it. But email them if you got somebody like tell them like why um because this is a really awesome thing that they're doing magic motorsports is donating two bicycles two complete bikes and the a dk swift pro or junior depending on who needs it and uh waterford oaks is going to toss in a position one expert from dk too so uh you guys get in there and uh nominate some family or person or people that 
need a bike. I think it's a really, really cool thing that they're doing. Uh, our next little bit of news is the Bang & Bars series. We talked about this last week. Uh, this is coming up really quick. I'm pretty excited because I'm hanging out down here in Florida for work, so I'm going to take part in this. What we have is a very busy weekend where we're going to race four tracks in one weekend, and it's going to start on the 6th. It's going to run to the 8th. On the 6th, we're going to race Naples. On the 7th, we're going to race Charlotte BMX in the morning, Cape Coral in the afternoon, and the next day we're going to go over and hang out with our friends at Triple Creek BMX. Uh, it's going to be a good time. They got an awesome award if you do all four races. It's always a great time. They have you know really big state programs, so this fits right in between that state program, and uh, always a lot of fun there. Our third little bit of news is um, I love announcing this because <laughs> it's this weekend. Do not contact the track operator nick jones for camping we will put the links in the chat if you want to camp at cape coral this weekend for the state championship which the super producer is going to fly down from michigan for so make sure you're there but if you're trying to camp don't call don't text don't email like the link is in here for you to sign up for camping uh and with that you know it's going to be a fun weekend be out there. Um, I think we're, we're setting up Friday. So ATB is going to be there and uh, the rest of the fam. We've got people flying in. Uh, Nick Dawson's going to be in here from Pennsylvania to race. Alita Beeman from Michigan. So you guys aren't going to want to miss out. And like we talked earlier, we had that. Uh, we're going to do a little special show tomorrow night with uh, Alita and Nick. So don't miss out. We're all going to be there this weekend. And Carl, you have some news. <laughs> I haven't announced it yet, so I'm letting you you take the take the reins on that. You'll be the official first announcement on a couple things. All right. Now, uh, walk us through what's going on, man. What's going to happen here? So we'll give you further details later, but we want to get the dates locked in. Mm -hmm. uh, when we normally do our Cornhucket Jam, it's a lot of outdoor mini jam. It's more of a festival, and people have been begging for a contest in our indoor and something else to do when it's cold out. So we wanted to be, we wanted to do an indoor contest with a pro purse and stuff. And we'll announce the amount the pro purse is at and stuff later. We're talking to some businesses and stuff. Uh, we'd like to, we'd like to bring in the big dogs. You know, this is, we'd like, we want to bring in everybody to have a real crazy throwdown on our indoor park so april 22nd uh we'll have classes for everybody uh we want to dredge up a bunch of sponsorship prizes nice pro purse and everything and have a really good contest uh on our indoor park when it's a uh, middle of winter and there's not a lot to do in the midwest so we're gonna have a, a kick-ass jam yeah we, uh we're gonna share this thing man we're gonna try to get as many people as we can there and uh I'm just going to leave this, uh, if that's all right with you, in the rotation here so we can keep announcing Go it. Go ahead. Uh, yep. You know, yep. sign, put this in, pencil it in, make sure you guys are there. It's going to be a good time. Um, and with that, that wraps up our Newsmaker segment. We're going to slide in and tell you guys a little bit about next week's guest, which ties into this week's guest. Uh, next week, <laughs> James Vicario. Oh, he's, he's got my name on his bottle. What's going on with that? James Vicario from BMX Sharks, your uh, 
Man, they just won the team contest there at the, the Grands this year. They took it for the for the whole season, man. So congratulations to the BMX Shark. Going to be joining us next week. We're going to be talking about them taking the championship. Uh, it'll be a good time. You guys make sure you don't miss out. Uh, always fun when James joins us here on the show. And uh, now we're going to talk a little bit about our showcase segment. And our showcase segment each and every week is brought to you by our good friends at Answer BMX. We appreciate them. And uh, with that, we're going to go into our showcase segment here. And we want to talk about the Dirty Knobs podcast. So I got to listen to the latest show this week. And I'll tell you what, it was, uh, man, I got to switch some things here. I'm way ahead of myself. There we go. They had Greg Hill on. And I got to tell you what. That that podcast was epic, man. Make sure you guys go listen to it. it. Dude, he didn't pull any punches, Carl, at all. Like he put people on blast for doing steroids. He gave every like backstory you could have. And it, I mean, the show started out, it was a banger. Like from the first five minutes all the way to the end of the show, I listened to it uh, Monday as I went over to Miami. It was a great. It was it's it was a great show. Like it literally felt like a five minute commute. Yeah, make sure you guys check it out. Um, Did he actually used to shred sprockets? I know the internet wasn't a thing when I was a kid, but everybody used to talk about Greg Hill would shred a sprocket. Was that, is that a true thing? I don't, you know? I don't know, but we're in the works of having him on, so I'm going to make sure that that's a question we ask. Ask him that question. As a, as a 14, 15-year-old kid at my okay. local track in Nebraska, everybody would talk that Greg Hill was such a badass and so strong that he would actually like shred, bend, screw up sprockets that they had to start like beefing up sprockets because of him. And I don't, like I said, there was no internet. I don't know if that's true, but I would love to know. I could believe it. There, there was a... And, and people in the chat are going to correct me on this. There were um, um, like a nylon-ish sprocket they made, like a, like a fiber nylon plastic sprocket. And I remember, you know, the whole theory behind it was it was going to save weight. And I remember hearing. Uh, were they going to like Z the, with Z mags? Yeah, kind of, kind of <laughs> similar to that. And like I said, they're, they're, the chat is going to tell me. He did, and he broke cranks. That's according to Hollywood Mike Miranda. And the sprockets, I was thinking oh, of. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was thinking of Attic sprockets, but um, yeah, Attic's nylon sprockets. But Hollywood said he did just, he broke sprockets and crank arms. And he actually talks about it in the in the show on, on the cranks that he broke and everything. So, I mean, I got to tell you guys, it, it was really, really good. Listen to it. They, they, they provide that like 80s, like 70s, 80s. Um, you know, background stories, the rental cars crashing, the, the, nice. the trash talking. Um, I'll tell you what, you're going to listen to it. And, and I was listening to it driving down the road. I did a bad thing. <laughs> I, I sent a text message to Hollywood. I was like, you are savage. And that's your teaser to go listen to that episode. Um, and then nice. up, up next, um, I'm going to talk about our Bombs Talk BMX, our friends here in Florida. Uh, they did an awesome job on the latest episode, which is the BMX wife and mom of a three-time BMX riders. She has both sons and dad, or her husband, that uh, he just nagged at the Grand, so he's killing it. The ladies, nice. the, the ladies sat down with uh, Mama Brahma, or Brammer, 
and uh, they talk a little BMX and what it's like juggling everything with one kid turning pro, another one that's going to be turning pro, and dad that's still racing at a national level. Uh, great show. Make sure you guys check it out. The link will be in the chat. Um, and make sure you give them a like. Give them a follow, all right? Um, also, we want to make sure we go out and highlight our good friends over at the Beer Budget BMX Show. Carl, this is the show right here. This is the show. Yes. The logo and the name. I'm sold. I love it. Dude. <laughs> it's they have the logo, they have the name, and they like wrestling. And typically the show is a mix of like mean Gene Okerlin and Hulk Hogan with no shirts on and just a ton of sweat. Oh, God, I love it. Oh, it's so it sounds good. amazing. It's so good. It sounds amazing. <laughs> it man, it's the only like it's the only show. It's it's literally the only live streaming show that you're gonna find. Uh, out there within BMX where they're they're literally just talking hot topics news and and you know just anything uh, Rick and homie Mike put it together so if you're listening watching when they're live you can just chime in if you got a topic they talk about it uh, they're not afraid they talk about anything this past show they did was a barn burner so make sure you go on their YouTube channel and check them out because they talked uh, all thing grands and it was a it was a great show and if you're a hobbyist nice. BMXer, it's very important that you listen to that show. It was a good, it was a good one. Lane eight podcast. Make sure you guys check him out. Our friend here in Florida. He's also a newscaster up there in Tampa. Uh, he provides a BMX podcast show and he had Jeff Upshaw on there and uh, Jeff Upshaw talked about gunning for the vet pro title. Really good show kind of behind the scenes. It was, it was good. Listen, make sure you guys check him out last, but definitely not least our good friend over at boss man, racing vlog make sure you go over and check out maurice adams vlog he does a great job of giving you everything now he's in the midwest so he's probably going to be doing a couple of vlogs hanging out at ray's here shortly so uh you know get over check out this weekend uh i think he's going to be there this weekend for that fundraiser so he'll have something up for for ray fair cloud yes yeah yeah uh so i think he's probably have something up in a couple days because he edits his stuff and he does a great job but um yeah he's he's big local over there i hang out with him when i'm home with them you know they're raised but if you guys are a podcast live stream so social media site or uh whatever you do if you're a zine uh just let us know send it over to us at info at all things bmx show send it to our facebook page we'll put it in and we will plug it because that's what we like to do all right now we're gonna go to our trivia segment here and this is where carl and i we we have we have a lot of weight to pick up terrible about trivia it's okay. It's all right. I mean, it's not like we're feeling really, you know. Is it BMX trivia at least? <laughs> it's, it's, sometimes it's BMX trivia, but this week we wanted to switch it up. Um, however, it's typically Melissa's BMX trivia <laughs> or any topic trivia. Uh, but she had some things she's going to tend to. So uh, we're going to tend to this this evening, ladies and gentlemen. And we've got a good one for you, by the way. Carl, don't answer this. Don't answer this one, okay? Don't? Don't answer this one because we will look in the chat and see if anyone can answer this. And then that winner will get their very own All Things BMX show uh, prize pack, which I don't have anything to show off because all the goodies are back in Michigan. Justin, I got to go make a phone call real quick. 
Okay. Uh, so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But all the goodies are back in Michigan, so we're going to have... Oh, darn it. I was hoping <laughs> I could sneak one in and go win some. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have your sticker pack, a T-shirt from one of our sponsors, and some other goodies for you. All right. Here it is. So as Melissa says, I have to clear the chat. So I'm doing that right now on one of the two laptops in front of me here. All right. You guys don't. All right. Here is your trivia question. What is Nebraska's state drink? It's a good one. And while we wait for a winner, we are going to go to our birthday segment and with the birthday segments, we call the one, the only, the only man that can handle birthdays. We call our friend Chris Beer to do our birthdays. Hello, PJ Lavin's birthday. It is. Hey, Chris, what's going on, buddy? Hey, Justin, how are you doing, bro? It's, uh, I, I miss having you and Damon and Melissa with me in the studio. Oh. I, I miss me being there too. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a lot of birthdays this evening. Are you ready? Oh gosh. Yep. So here, hang on. Two seconds. Gotta throw that in there. Okay. So uh birthdays brought to you by On Two Wheels. So you're at your next big race event. Look for that bright orange tent. Go talk to Jeremy and the folks over at On Two Wheels. They will take care of you. Uh, so give them a little shout out. Also, let's see, birthdays this week. They are brought to you by On Two Wheels. And if you're celebrating your birthday this week, oh boy, here we go. Well, the first one's not bad. Stephen Dagger, Jr. Now this next one, Antonio Bellavista. Bellavista. Vista. See, I was close. All right. All right. And then uh, our, our buddy... Uh, Hall of Fame, BMX Hall of Fame member, TJ Lavin. Past guest on the show. Yep, yep, for sure. Uh, then we have Jonathan Suarez. I believe that's the Mosquito. That is right. All right, and we have Colin Wright. Mm -hmm. uh, Daryl Alter. Mm -hmm. Tony Zaz. Mm-hmm. Uh, see our good friend Irma Miller from Sarasota BMX. We have Jer Jeremy Hayes. He's the guy that's the sponsor of the birthday segment. <laughs> On two wheels. <laughs> there you go. Um, Very fitting. All right. So I, I assume uh, Raymond Buck Flag. I assume Buck is his nickname. Yeah. Uh, longtime mechanic at House of Wheels BMX, which was the bike shop that John Tomac rode for. Okay. Yep. Out of um, Wasso, Michigan. Wasso, Michigan. I, I, I always want to say Flint, and I know it's not Flint. There's nothing good come out of Flint, man. I'm sorry. I live there. I can say it. I live there. Go ahead. Well, there's you. I, I didn't. I mean, I lived there, but it was way past. <laughs> I'm just messing I was with a you tourist. <laughs> All right. So, see you, Raymond. Uh, Casey Nichols. Uh, Dave Klimmer. Oh, it's Dave Klimmer's birthday? Yeah, I typed it in wrong. I'm sorry. Because he has a different, you, you know, his uh, social media is a little different. But that's the Dave Klimmer, yep. Oh, Klimmer. Holy crap. I was going to say, I thought it was a Y. Yep. Ah. Wait a minute. So I didn't screw that one up. You didn't. But it's, you know, because <laughs> I, I copy and paste, man. And you know, I do what I can. 
<laughs> for once. Mm-hmm. There's one I didn't screw up. There you go. <laughs> All right, here goes the next one. Ty Papke. Yep. All right. And then your guest tomorrow, celebrating a birthday this week, is Alita Beeman. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, our buddy I get to ride with full three weeks ago or so out at Waterford Oaks. That was fun. We had a good time. Uh, let's see, Barney Goodwin from Fort Wayne BMX. And, and we have Ken Smith. Uh, Trey Fiddle. That's, I'm going with that one. Okay, good. <laughs> Ron Vega. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trudy Heath. And let's see here. We have Mark Flip. For folks that don't know, he is the owner of Albie's Bike Shop here in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, we have Peter Guznami. Guznami? <laughs> I don't I, know. I, What's birthday to? I think it's Peter Guznami. Uh, no, it's, it's Peter on here, not Pierre. But no, Peter. That's how I think it's Guzin. G U Z Guzin me Peter Guzin me. I was no, that's birthday. what I'm going with. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's uh, yeah, it is. Chris, uh, if they have a birthday, yeah. let them know where they can um, send okay. the birthday to. All right. So if you guys have a birthday and you're not friends with Justin on Facebook, <laughs> and you want to have your name on the show, email us at info at allthingsbmxshow.com all right um and then all right that's it so hey everybody have a great week we'll see you next week when we talk to james vicario and god bless y'all thanks chris we do have one late birthday this is for my friends in flint town mc breeds having a birthday because there's no future in your front that was his big song that's your tie-in that's your segue all right are you ready, uh, Crazy Kyle, to see who we have as a winner? My name became Kyle. I like that. Carl, sorry. Uh, <laughs> hey, can I, was I, looking... can I interrupt you real quick? Is oh, that cool? I was looking in the chat. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, can, I, can I just give a, a, a thank you mm-hmm. to, uh, to TJ Lavin? Um, so I had a friend struggling with uh, cancer, a very dear friend, and I keep in mind, I've always been a fan of TJ's. I did not know him. I was reaching out to some, some larger pros, uh, when my BMX friend, uh, was going through a real rough time. He had stage four cancer and, uh, TJ, uh, not only sent him a video along with a lot of other really cool guys, but after that TJ, uh, TJ stayed in touch with my buddy for a solid year, every weekend called him out of his own time and talk to him for like 20 minutes. TJ is not just a hall of famer and an awesome BMXer. He is one of the best human beings like on this planet. I freaking love that guy. And I've went from a fan to a super fan for what he did for my friend. So that's great. Freaking love TJ. <laughs> he took time out to jump on the show with, uh, with our friend Tracer Finn one evening. And, uh, you know, Tracer was his like tour manager, uh, or, or I guess you call it team manager, tour manager, back when he was unspecialized. And you know, he took the time to jump on our show, you know, when he hosts 
a show on MTV, yeah. you know, and he, he couldn't get any cooler. And, and you share the story that you just had. Like, he can't get any cooler. Like, damn, he just got I, I cooler. Was watching, I was watching the unclicked today on YouTube while I was working on some bikes with Fudger and Anderson, and they were talking about him getting inducted to the BMX Hall of Fame. And I'm sitting here fanboying in the sense that I'm like, there's no more deserving person because, yeah. like, I saw what he did for my friend. He didn't, he's already got the busiest life. Right. But he will take the time out of his life for somebody he's never met in Nebraska and talk to him. Every time my friend Tim told me that that he just got off the phone with TJ, I'm like, TJ, coolest dude ever. Right. Like, thank you. Like, I just, I don't know what to say. It's very emotional. I just, uh, I think TJ is the, he's a people's champ. Yes. That's exactly what he is. He's a people's champ. Well, he needs, you know, he needs that recognition for that, you know, because a lot of people see him, you know, he, there's so many people right now, Carl, that don't even know he did BMX, right? And, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome to think that like, <laughs> he a, did BMX. Yeah, yes, he to, did. To think that a guy was like, you he know, was at that one of high, my, one of my favorite riders growing yeah. up. <laughs> you know, he's that high of, he was at that kind of a pinnacle in BMX and now he's yep. still doing his thing over there and he takes the time out to help out, you know, somebody like your friend. Uh, which, you know, very yep. serious situation. And we, you know, we really appreciate that. You know, another, uh, I'd like to do this for real quick. Cause you kind of brought this up. Like Barry Nobles helped out a friend of mine, uh, uh um, um, familiar with the show and he took the time out. Barry Nobles just won the vet pro champ, uh, there in yep. USA BMX and same thing. The, the, the kid was struggling just like you were saying with your friend, yep. Uh, yep. Carl and like he Barry took time talked to him but also followed up with him and um, you know so that, cool. that dude's got a crazy schedule himself like he's doing endorsement deals all over the place he's building a big uh, complex at his house and all this stuff you know pr pr so pretty cool, cool yeah alright so are you ready to find out what the official drink of Nebraska is soon as you tell me, I'll know. Well, what are your guesses? <laughs> I want to know what your guesses are. It's the Colorado Bulldog. No, that'd be Colorado. No. <laughs> I really don't know. I know our state bird. I know <laughs> our state butterfly. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know what the state beer is. I would love to hear. Or is it state drink or state beer? Drink. Drink. It's got to be you know Kool-Aid because Kool-Aid was invented here. I would I I would like to know the beer now, but to your point, you know what? There are two correct Kool Aid. There's two correct answers. Are you ready? Okay. So the first correct, well, I guess it wouldn't be the first, but the, the there's two correct answers: milk and Kool Aid, and you did guess it right. Cool. Now Kool Aid was uh, Hastings, Nebraska. In the chat, though, the very first person that answered it correctly was Jonathan Bovey. Jonathan Bovey. Jonathan Bovey, my, my buddy from Minnesota. Jonathan's awesome. Okay, Jonathan, I need you to message our the, the All Things BMX show page uh, with your address and a contact number, and we're going to uh, mail out the uh, prize pack for you, all right? Nice job, Jonathan. Yep. Good going. So Kool-Aid or... We could have went with milk. All I can think of is that Family Guy episode when the Kool-Aid man just kept running through the wall. 
That's... Peter gets all pissed at him. Oh no. <laughs> Coolie. <laughs> uh that's gonna wrap it for a show. I wanna say thank you so much, Carl. I had a blast hanging out with you this evening. Um and you know, it was awesome to have you on here. Really, really, really appreciate it. So I'm gonna hand the floor over to you to give any shout outs thanks make sure you plug the website and where people can go to order the merchandise all right yep uh so you can follow us on instagram facebook nowhere bmx you can buy our products at uh nowhere n-o-w-e-a-r bmx.com uh i want to give uh a few special thank yous when we get under this uh, thank you justin for having me on the show it was so much fun uh uh, I'm a big fan and uh, will continue to be. Um, I want to thank uh, Josh Larson. He's our local track director, uh, Star City BMX in Lincoln, Nebraska. He's one of my best friends, and he helped make this place possible. Uh, my pro rider, Sam Bustle, uh, he's been here every step of the way, helping me put this building up and making dreams come true for the kids. Every member of my team uh, for helping inspire me every day and helping uh, push the legacy uh, that I dream of, of helping kids and making BMX more positive every day. Um, uh, let's see here. I wanna thank Brant Moore for making awesome videos and helping me spread my word all the time. Um, and then the the biggest, biggest thank you of all uh, goes to my wife because uh, this crazy dream, this BMX dream I'm living uh, wouldn't have been possible without my rock and the most important person. Like she is here every step of the way, making every step of this BMX possible. And I think uh, a lot of times people don't see in our sport that uh, that the only reason that the great things are possible is because the spouses uh, that help and maybe sometimes they're not seen as much. But if you guys ever see my wife, make sure you're thanking her constantly because she is every bit of, if not a bigger part of why this is happening than I am. 100%. You just don't see it, but she's freaking amazing. So give her a hug and tell her, thank you. Um, and I know there's a million people that I'd love to thank for helping me on this journey, but I'll just group you all together and say, uh, we, one, one thing I thought about earlier today that I kind of want to go with, you know, BMX is in a, in a tough spot right now. Chris Muller did a bunch of, uh, you know, interviews recently talking of kind of where we're at. And I want to tell any rider, any kid, anybody that is in the sport of BMX to treat every purchase as an investment. Whenever you're looking at buying a bike part anywhere from a company or a shop, think of your money as an investment and think about that company and that shop and don't think, about the cheapest price or the least amount you can get. Think that you're investing. So what your return is on the money you're spending. So when you're going to shops, go to shops like Pusher, Albies, our place right here, because those are rider-owned places that put back into the industry. When you're thinking about companies, think us, think S&M, think Standard, think, think of the companies you see that are building a brand. It's not just somebody that's a poacher that's jumping in because it's hot at the time. Think of the core companies that have been there since day one, uh, helping build the industry. Think of, you know, Justin right now doing this stuff, you know, you're not getting rich doing this kind of stuff. You're doing this <laughs> to build the love of BMX. So 
think of every dollar you spend as an investment and what is that return? I think that's really important. You said it best, man. Thank you. Uh, we really appreciate <laughs> you. Um, please stick around for a few minutes once we go off the air. All right. Um, Absolutely. Everybody, thanks for joining us evening. You guys made the chat super fun. Yeah, lots of great questions in there. Um, if you want to join in the after chat, I'll post the link. You guys can jump in there and ask a few questions to our guest before he has to jump out. Once again, though, really appreciate everybody for joining us this evening. You guys have a wonderful night. We look forward to having you here next week. Uh, as James joins us. You guys, thanks. Have a good night. I got moto